Hi, I'm Luminous Star and welcome to the channel. Everyone who is a current subscriber, mwah, thank you guys and gals so much for your subscription and thank you for supporting this channel, Luminous Star. This way, our star family will continue to grow and our community is growing every day. So of course, <laughs> I'm very happy about this. Everyone who is joining us for the first time, welcome to Luminous Star. And why don't you join the star family by selecting the subscription button below. Also below, you will find the description box, which has the details to today's video. All right, today's video, the daughters of narcissistic mothers face insurmountable dilemmas. First point, daughters of narcissistic mothers face dilemmas, meaning she has more than likely lost count of the times that she has faced a rock and a hard place. It is within her dysfunctional family that she has been taught how to sacrifice herself repeatedly for those who do not care to love, respect, like, defend, or even know her. All right, so a lot of daughters who have a narcissistic mom, or actually even a cluster B personality mom, um, you know, this is something that she lives with every day. She is faced with choices that she must make, often pressured by her own dysfunctional family to make, which places her between a rock and a hard place. This is something that daughters of narcissistic mothers know all too well. The other thing I wanna say about this is that a lot of us have faced challenges in life, but when it comes to our moms who either have a custody personality or a narcissistic personality, those challenges actually fade in comparison. Well, some of the challenges do, such as, making choices whether or not to show up for the family gatherings, such as cookouts, or having a family reunion, and even the family-oriented holidays. A lot of daughters of narcissistic mothers, this is quite the dilemma. And some of you may be asking, why is that? That's her family. Well, see, it's not so simple. From the outside looking in, it looks pretty natural, it looks pretty normal, and yes, it does look simple. However, as I stated, it's just not that simple. There's a lot of scrutiny that more than likely awaits her if she goes to any of the family-oriented gatherings or any of the family-oriented functions, whereas everybody gets together and maybe they'll go on vacation. However, when it comes to the daughter of a narcissistic mother, she has a dilemma because she doesn't want to face the scrutiny that is not justified. So if she decides to arrive, then again, she's faced with the looks. She's faced with those family members who would like to cast shade because they know certain things about her or they think they do because the narcissistic mom has given them an earful. And unfortunately, certain family members may feel a little bit more closer or they may relate more so to the narcissistic mom rather than the daughter of a narcissistic mom. We see this all too often, especially those of us who have experienced it. So when it comes to dilemmas, the daughters of narcissistic mothers, they know quite a lot about dilemmas. They're often placed between a rock and a hard place. 
when it comes to their own dysfunctional families. So she has been taught to sacrifice herself repeatedly for those who do not care for her. They don't even like her. They will not defend her under any circumstances. Matter of fact, they like to make sure that they set her up for failure. They benefit all too well from her being sacrificed and being demeaned in her own family. Just think about it. The aunt or the uncle who may suspect something, but yet they don't say anything. Because after all, the narcissistic mom, sister. All right, so even aunts and uncles sometimes, they may suspect certain things. They may see or hear something. And throughout the years, they choose not to speak of it. They choose to pretend like they don't know anything. Sometimes it's older cousins. So when we're children, an older cousin, such as an adult cousin, may choose to turn and walk away from the situation or choose to turn away. And again, as I stated, with the aunts and uncles, they follow suit and they don't say anything. They keep the deep, dark, dirty secret. Sometimes it's the grandparents. They may see the daughter of a narcissistic mother who is being berated for something she didn't do. She's being scolded for something she did not do. She's being punished for things that she did not do. Yet she's being repeatedly falsely accused of certain acts that she have never thought of doing. But this is something that a lot of daughters of narcissistic mothers know all too well. And it starts from when they're children. They are taught to sacrifice themselves. So by the time the daughter grows into an adult, that particular programming from her subconscious mind is running and is very active. Daughters of narcissistic mothers had to learn early in life that she will not ever have an honorable place at her dysfunctional family table. Yet, she is expected to carry and pass on the dysfunctional family legacy under the watchful eyes of her narcissistic mother. This is one that many daughters of narcissistic mothers know all too well, and that is they are expected to pass on, not only carry, but to pass on the dysfunctional family legacy under the watchful eyes of their narcissistic mother. Okay, now this right here is sad within itself because it is almost as if the narcissistic mother is teaching her daughter that she is to be invisible. She is not to be seen, nor is she to be heard unless it's necessary, unless it benefits others. She is always last on the list, yet the narcissistic mother will put on a spectacle and she will put on such a big show that her daughter is her pride and joy. The narcissistic mother teaches her daughter, even while she's carrying her in the womb, how to be invisible, how not to be seen or heard unless she is to sacrifice herself, therefore benefiting others who have a predatory nature and who don't care to love, respect, like, or even know. These are messages that run very deeply within the daughters of narcissistic mothers. Actually, it's not very surprising that by the time the daughters of narcissistic mothers become adults, 
able to have her own family, able to have her own marriage, her own spouse, her own children, and maybe even establish some sort of livelihood for herself. These messages, again, are deeply ingrained in her and they will be carried out before she wakes up. She was not ever obligated to fulfill any of these expectations. For one, they're very unrealistic. Number two, she's been lied to. She's been emotionally manipulated to parent her parents, specifically her narcissistic mother. So she really didn't get a chance to be a child. Her narcissistic mother expects her to do so much more than really any human being is actually possibly able to do. And that is to remain invisible, to sacrifice themselves, suffer in silence, and be happy about it while carrying on the dysfunctional family legacy. It is within the dark shadows of their dysfunctional family that narcissistic mothers speak curses, deep generational family dirty secrets, and sabotage against their daughters while displaying out in the world a false self-image of a martyr. It is within the dark shadows of her dysfunctional family that daughters of narcissistic mothers must rise up out of. So a lot of daughters of narcissistic mothers remain within the sunken place for a very long time. And where does it all start? Right inside of their own dysfunctional families. There are dark shadows within dysfunctional families. However, when it comes to daughters of the narcissistic moms, there's a special place only for her. It is here that a lot of daughters of narcissistic mothers must find the inner strength and love to rise up out of that deep sunken place called the dark shadows of her dysfunctional family. See, this sounds grimmer and more deeper than your own grave or tomb. In a sense, it is like the grave. It is like the tomb buried beneath the shadows in a deep sunken place where no one can hear your screams, your cries, your pleas for help. As daughters of narcissistic moms try to figure out all on her own what is going on, what's happening to her, and why. Some family members, unfortunately, they conspire to make sure she never gets the answer to her questions. She never finds out what's really going on. Unfortunately, when it comes to daughters of narcissistic mothers, it is no surprise to find that there are family members who will conspire with the narcissistic mom to keep the daughter within the deep, dark, sunken place. Because this is where they feel she belongs. This is where they think she deserves to be because she is not to be seen or heard unless it conveniences them. And I just wanna say, if you are a daughter right now who's watching this of a narcissistic mom, ask yourself this question. How can you exist the way that your narcissistic mom wishes you to when your narcissistic mom is not even being truthful about who she is? If you are a daughter of a narcissistic mother, just know that you are not alone. This is something that a lot of daughters face who have narcissistic moms. They're stuck between a rock and a hard place. 
when it comes to the family-oriented holidays. She may even wonder how to conduct herself as she sits silently and watch her mother continue to be deceptive. Sometimes the narcissistic mom is very aware and even sets up her daughter being abused by other family members. I know this sounds horrible, but a lot of you who are watching this, you either know this from your own experience or you know someone this has occurred. Tool number one, it is not your fault that your narcissistic mother did not always make the best choices or the right choices concerning you. Okay, so a lot of daughters, a lot of us daughters who have a narcissistic mom or a mother who has a cousin personality, we know a lot about this one. We still have memories. You know, there are some who still have memories of mom not being there not understanding why mom chose what she chose, who she chose instead of choosing us, that still is burning within our hearts. And some of us are fully grown women now, okay? Some of you watching this video may be minors, you may be teenagers. However, this is something that a lot of us have in common, and that is scratching our heads and looking at our moms and wondering why did she make certain choices that she made concerning us and why were some of those choices very poor whereas it's obviously not the right choices but to our mothers she thought that that was the right choice okay so this is one that varies from situation to situation from person to person a lot of moms who have a custody personality and a narcissistic personality are loyal to the false self-image Unfortunately, a lot of daughters end up sacrificed as the narcissistic mom actively remains loyal to her false self-image. So the daughters get lost all in the shabakal. Daughters get left behind, maybe not physically, but certainly emotionally, if not psychologically and spiritually. They get left behind by their narcissistic moms. And the narcissistic moms, they continue to deny this. They continue throughout the years to not want to deal with it. So the daughters of narcissistic mothers, what do we do? We have to seek out answers elsewhere because our mothers have taught us since our childhoods that she's not going to talk to us about certain things. This is something that we cannot force our moms to do. Unfortunately, we are left to other ways of trying to figure out what has happened to us and how do we deal with and process how we experienced our mothers since our childhoods. Some of us still grapple with this. Some of us still have the nightmares about our own mothers. And I do mean literally, still have the nightmares. Some of us are still seemingly plagued with memories that don't seem to go away no matter how hard we try. Just know this, it is not your fault. What has transpired is not your fault. You cannot and you could not have made your mom do anything. See, we can't control anyone else. So when you were a little girl, you absolutely couldn't control your mom. So when daughters of narcissistic mothers are small children, this is when they're most vulnerable to narcissistic abuse. 
to all types of the shenanigans that the mom may pull. Unfortunately, it is not until we are adults that we begin to process what has transpired between ourselves and our mothers. Tool number two, love, honor, and place respect upon your family lineage by denouncing senseless self-sacrificing for a dysfunctional family that you have no place in. Surely your purpose in life is not to be narcissistic supply for your mother. Your family will never expect this of you if you are loved, respected, and cared for. So this is partly what a family is all about. That is loving, caring, respecting for one another, regardless of your differences. This means family members ought to be able to come together and resolve issues and to smooth out differences. This is what family is about. It's about growing together, regardless of your differences. Unfortunately, a lot of dysfunctional families, they have this rule or this policy that everyone is to be cookie cutter. No one can be different. No one can be too different, okay? No one can be too unique. Ironically, when it comes to nature, human nature in particular, uniqueness is key in order to survive. If everyone was cookie cutter, no one would be here on the planet. Okay, let that one sink in for a minute. When it comes to being unique, it is a must for human survival. In order for humanity to thrive forward, we must have uniqueness. Case in point, male and female. There are some differences that are unique between these two genders. Yes, they're both genders, but again, there are some aspects of those two genders which are unique. If it wasn't for that, a lot of us wouldn't be here. <laughs> okay? So that's just one way to look at it. A lot of dysfunctional families are cookie cutter. And it is absolutely causing some real issues, especially when it comes to the daughter of a narcissistic mother. Because where is her place in the dysfunctional family? As I stated before, usually it's within the dark shadows of the dysfunctional family where she is well hidden and usually silenced. Next tool, take some time out to find out who you are and what your life means to you as you decide how you'd like to experience it all. The best revenge is going no contact while loving yourself enough to love others who appreciate you. So this is not to suggest to go no contact without, of course, planning and strategizing it. What it really suggests is that you're able to love yourself again. Find out how to love yourself again so you can connect to other people in a more balanced and harmonious and healthy way. And of course, you all that's watching and you're listening to this, 
I wish you the best of luck with this. Okay? You may not need luck. However, what you will need is inner strength. You will need some guidance from people who would love and appreciate you on how to do this. There is no one man show. There is no one woman show. That's an illusion. Let's move forward. I want to go ahead, everyone who is watching and listening today, if you are a daughter of a narcissistic mom, my heart goes out to you. I know a little bit about having some difficulty in relating to moms. Now, when I was growing up, of course, there were some bumps in the road. There were some detours. There were some slippery slopes when it came to my relationship with my mom. However, I choose today to cherish the great and wonderful memories of my mom, regardless of the differences. Have there been a lot of differences? Absolutely. Some of those memories are still with me today. But I use it as a reference guide, not to hurt myself or my mother or anyone else. So I really want to make it clear that regardless of the difficulties you may have had with your mom, who may either have a narcissistic personality or a cusby personality, just know this. You're here today, so you can continue to carry on a legacy, but it doesn't have to be a legacy steeped in dysfunction. You can put some respect on your family lineage by simply denouncing dysfunctional relationships, beginning with your family. There are certain family members I certainly hope that you're able to connect to today, but for some of you, I know that's not the case. Again, remember, you do count as part of your family, even though your narcissistic mom may have stated otherwise. She may still be protesting that today. She may still be trying to poison your life in some way, shape, or form. My heart goes out to you. I just want to remind you that you are here today. You can write the epilogue to your story. You can simply state, I am here. I am alive. So my story, as of right now, changes. And you can make some decisions about how that's going to look for you and how that's going to unfold for you and how you will carry that out. Think about it this way. Any family who really loves you and cares for you, they're going to be sincerely happy with your being happy. Think about that for a minute. What family will continue to cast shade? What family will continue to talk smack? What family will continue to speak curses upon you and your life when things are a lot better for you now? After you have gone through the ordeal of being narcissistically abused at the hands of your mother, what family member, ask yourself, what family member would truly not be happy for you if you have been able to thrive past that. You have to let go. Easier said than done. This is one that I know about a lot. Letting go. I began to see back in 2010 that there were certain people, places, and things 
that I needed to change. Not for anyone else, but for myself. So when 2011 came around, I began to let certain things go. I started to see that there were certain people that I had to say goodbye to. Did it hurt? You bet it did. <laughs> yeah. At first I felt guilty about it. But then I just knew in my heart this is something I had to do. So when 2012 came around, yeah, it was more expedient for me to let people go. I began to do this at a more quicker pace. I began to do this with less guilt. I began to let go more effectively. Even though I felt and thought what I did, I was still able to place one foot in front of the other and breathe and be grateful and state my life has purpose and I am here and I write the epilogue to my story. So letting go is very powerful, it's very important, especially us daughters of narcissistic moms or mothers who have a custody personality. Because some of us are still plagued seemingly by a lot of negative and toxic memories of being harmed by our own mothers in some way, shape, or form. In a lot of our cases, our moms did not mean to do it, yet she meant to do it. What do I mean by that? If your mom has a custody personality, if she has a narcissistic personality, she has a false self-image that she will stop at nothing to uphold. Her false self-image may be that of a martyr. Her false self-image may be that of a woman who lives within her community who is a great mom and an impeccable wife. That's an image that she will stop at nothing to uphold, even if that means her own daughter is emotionally, spiritually, and psychologically sacrificed in the process. Now, for some of you, that may sound very harsh, but some of you know a lot about this because some of us still remain within the sunken place. We still remain, when it comes to our dysfunctional families, where are we? Where are we? Certainly we don't have an honorable place at the table of our dysfunctional families. No, because we've been silenced by narcissistic abuse for quite some time. So when it comes to our own dysfunctional families, where are we? Within the shadows of the dysfunctional family. Within the deep, dark, sunken place where we are invisible and have no voice. If you're listening and watching today, my heart goes out to you and I wish you the absolute very best love possible in order to continue to thrive forward past narcissistic abuse. Sometimes you do have to move on. That means leaving certain loved ones behind, saying goodbye. And how do you do that? One step at a time. One step at a time. You pace yourself. 
You embrace yourself without apology. Defend and honor your life without apology. It is no accident that you are alive. Certain others in your family may have stated to the contrary. They may look at you as if you are a mistake. But you know otherwise. You know better, don't you? You're here. You're breathing. Your heart is beating. You can find your voice, your personal power, and you can take your life up again. Come up out the sunken place. You can do it. You have this. You are somebody's daughter that has honor. That in and of itself has honor. You have to find the strength to thrive forward. This means finding the good and the goodbye and be willing to look up and find the silver lining in the cloud. Thrive forward. I'm Luminous Star. I want to thank everybody for joining me today or tonight. Stay tuned for more videos and stay tuned for more vlogs. Wow, I certainly hope everyone has enjoyed that video. And thank you again, my stars especially, for joining me today or tonight. And wherever you may be right now, I wish you the very best love possible. A friendly reminder, every Sunday and every Thursday, there are new videos that are coming out. However, all of you who are just joined the Star Family, welcome to the Luminous Star Family. And don't forget to select the notification bell. So that way, every Sunday, every Thursday, you'll be the first to know about those new videos coming out. I'm Luminous Star again. Thank you everyone for joining me today or tonight. Stay tuned for more vlogs and stay tuned for more videos. Hi, I'm Luminous Star. Welcome to my channel, Luminous Star. If this is your first time visiting, welcome to the Luminous Star. And for current subscribers, mwah, thank you so much for your subscription. Guys, today's video is going to be me answering a question from a current subscriber. And at the end of the video, please hit the like and or subscription button and send me more questions along with comments. And I want to go ahead and just say right now, all the comments I've been receiving, uh, even so, even though some of the comments may not have agreed with everything I shared in a particular video, that's okay, right? I love it. Love the comments. Thank you guys and send me more comments. Oodles and noodles of comments because that makes me feel loved <laughs> and appreciated by you guys, all right? Thank you so much for the comments. And the questions, very challenging and I love a great challenge. I love it. So send me more questions pertaining to the information in each video. All right, guys, here we go. Answering a question from a current subscriber, Cynthia wants to know, right? And Cynthia, thank you so much for the question. All right, Qu uh, the question again, I'm gonna paraphrase it. This is about, you know, narcissists and how they tend to, um, how can I put this? They, they have a certain way about them. <laughs> So in this video, I'm going to paraphrase the question. Again, Cynthia wants to know, okay, 
how do narcissists have the habits that they have? Or, you know, how, where do they get it from? Where do they get those habits, right, that they have? And a lot of those habits, Cynthia, between you and I, they're quite nasty, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Some of those habits that narcissists tend to have, yeah, icky. We, we tend, most of the people tend to not uh, find them appealing. But Cynthia, great question, and I'm going to go ahead and attempt to answer them. Mm. Now, I mean the question. Here we go. Narcissists, first thing. I'm going to get into, this is my first point. I'm going to get into what the traits are that narcissists tend to have. And here we go. I'm going to name some of them. Narcissists tend to be people who are self-righteous, right? They tend to be people who are very, uh, they have a strong sense of entitlement. They are argumentative, okay? And they love to stir up drama no matter what, okay? So narcissists, being that they are very self-righteous and they have a strong sense of entitlement, so when it comes to some of these, how these habits of theirs are formed, first and foremost, let's pay attention to who narcissists are or their traits, such as the ones that I just named, right? Let's keep the traits of the narcissist in mind. And may I suggest to do research on the traits of a narcissist, right? Because this is very important to, and it speaks to some of their habits. So they kind of correlate. Hope this makes sense. You guys stay with me. <laughs> okay. So now when we get clear on the traits of the narcissist, this kind of helps us to peer a little bit more and see a little bit more clearly why they act the way they do. Right? Okay. So one of the things, again, that self-righteousness, one of the habits that narcissists tend to have is when they're argumentative. See, their goal is to get supply all the time, all the time, every day, right? So when they're getting, how are they getting that supply by being argumentative with you? This is how. Since they're self-righteous, as far as they're concerned, you're wrong, no matter what your point is in the argument. You are wrong, and narcissists, they like that backward and forwardness. They like the back and forth, the cat and mouse, and being argumentative and, and having and being engaged in, in an argument with you, and the more heated, the better, because they're getting supply from you. So one of the habits of uh, narcissists is, of course, getting supply. That's one of their habits. One of the ways they get their supply is through arguing with you. This is why they love to instigate arguments all the time. They do this a lot. And maybe if you can think back to your own experiences with a narcissist, you can think about those times where they were like, you know, you may have been thinking, wow, if I didn't know any better, I think they were arguing with, with me. You know, they were starting an argument on purpose. And you know what? You were right. They were starting an argument with you on purpose because they like to antagonize people. Narcissists love to antagonize. And they just like to pick, 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 pick. Fault finding. They love to fault find. So if something's, you know, you're not wearing a dress uh, that they like. They're going to point that out to you and they're going to start an argument. Therefore, they're going to get more supply. So this is one of the nasty habits, yes, that narcissists have. Being argumentative and being like an antagonist to you. Because if they can get you to react instead of respond, right? Because reactions, what do we do? We get all into our emotions. The argument gets heated. Sometimes there's blows. I'm not suggesting to do that. 
But this is how sometimes violence does occur with a narcissist. Narcissists, this is surprising. They usually won't try to get to the physical fight. That's the last results, but they will go to it. They will go toe to toe with you and to get more supply. But they tend to like to be subtle. They'll pick, they'll nag, they'll be argumentative. That's how they get their supply, right? So if you're reacting, you're ready to, you know, you're ready to blow up, right? You may not necessarily go to blows with the narcissist, but the fact that the narcissist sees that you are affected, right? You're reacting. They love it. They get their supply. So one of the nasty habits that narcissists have is that they like to be argumentative because this is how they get their supply. They're very self-righteous. So their aim is to prove you wrong all the time, all day, every day. Okay, so this is one of the nasty habits that they have. Okay, point number two. Now, I'm going to go ahead and point number two and say that narcissists, they like to instigate. They love to stir up drama, no matter what it is. Now, this can be triangulation. This can be them recruiting flying monkeys and getting all the drama stirred up. And all the while, they're hoping that you will react. Because if you react, you're going to be emotional, whether that's angry, whether that's sad, depressed, whether you're charging after them, wanting an explanation of why they're doing what they're doing, right? All of that is drama. All of that to the narcissist is drama, therefore is supply. So if you respond, see, you're thinking critically first and you're less likely to act in a way that the narcissist likes, which is, for instance, charging after them, wanting the validation, the apology, or the explanation, because they ain't going to give it to you. They're not going to give it. The narcissist is never going to give you that. They just want to see you jump through fiery hoops. They just want to see you react. They get that supply. Every time you do that, they get the supply. But if you respond, you're critically thinking and you're less likely to charge or to pursue the narcissist for anything and they get no supply, right? So again, as far as like the nasty habits, where does it come from? It's because the narcissist is a wounded child that must get his or her way all the time, no matter what. They always want that supply, doesn't matter. And they will use you, me and anyone to get it. So I hope this answers the question Okay, but I'm going to go ahead and leave it with this. As far as like their opinions, does narcissists, you know, do they learn this from other narcissists? Now, as children, if they have a parent who is a codependent and they have another parent who's a narcissist, that child is not a narcissist yet, not necessarily. Now, from the narcissistic parent, yes, they can learn some of the habits that I mentioned. They can learn that now when it comes to opinions that's 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 dicey so i'm not going to touch the opinions how you know why do they have their opinions i'm not going to touch that now i will say as far as like their habits that are developed narcissists can absolutely learn this from their narcissistic parent as the codependent parent narcissists can learn how to abuse use and get supply from other codependents because a child will either side or recognize more the narcissistic parent 
the uh, codependent parent or the narcissistic parent. That child is going to go one way or another. Again, children, and I mentioned this in another video. That's why I'm saying again. I mentioned this in another video. My opinion is children are not narcissistic or codependent. They are taught this from the subconscious downloading. I mean, it's from the program that is downloaded into their subconscious mind from their parents. One parent could be a codependent. One parent could be a narcissist, right? Because it's very typical that a narcissist and a codependent are married to one another. They get involved with one another, with one another. Very common. So that child is getting this information from both sides. So as far as like the habits that develop later in life or as they grow, that child may side more or see things that resonate more with the narcissistic parent versus the codependent parent. So this is how they can learn some of those nasty habits that they have. Okay, so I hope that makes sense. And I hope that this is something that you guys got something out of. You know, this is something I want to leave this to. As far as like trying to understand uh, the narcissist, their habits and why they are, uh, why, are, why are they having those habits and who they are and trying to really get them, I've kind of I've stepped away from that. Why? Because this can also feed their supply. Any attention you give to the narcissist, it supplies for them. Now, I'm not saying you becoming more knowledgeable. When I become more knowledgeable about narcissists, no, that's awareness. That's totally different. That's awareness. When I say about feeding them supply by paying them attention, this means that I'm still involved with them or I want to rec that I want to reconcile with them. In other words, I still want to be involved with them. I still want the investment, right? I still want to invest in a relationship with them. So I'm paying them attention and I'm trying to understand why they treated me like they did. I'm trying to understand what caused the, their hurts, their wounds. You know, I may say something like, well, yeah, when they were children, they were probably really hurt and they, their parents abused them. That's not always the case with a narcissist. That's not always the case. Sometimes they're just spoiled from the codependent parent. The narcissistic parent is not really spoiling the child, not necessarily. The codependent parent is spoiling the child, okay? And I did another video about that. But I want to leave the video by saying this, or end the video by saying, yeah, I had to, I learned how to kind of step away from that and not give the narcissist a lot of uh, supply by trying to figure them out. You know, trying to figure out well, what happened to them and wow, they like they are and still wanting to be involved with them. I cut that out. However, what I chose to do and I shifted gears a little bit is become more aware of the fact that, that these type of people are sharing the planet with us, regardless of what the reasons are behind that, regardless of that. I may not know the story behind the story with the narcissist, don't have to. As long as I'm aware that these type of people exist, that's a start. Because just because I'm aware, and I, I may even know the story behind the story, that doesn't mean I'm interested in investing in a toxic relationship with them. So guys, uh, hope you enjoyed this video and please leave me comments and questions and come back and see me until next time Take care of yourself Mwah.